Welcome to the After the Run podcast, a community for those who want to lose the weight, feel great, and run hard. I'm your host, Tyler Christensen, just an ordinary dude that got really fat but finally decided to do something about it. Now I bring you a new episode each week with tips on how you can make small changes in your life that lead to huge changes in how you feel and act. I'm here to challenge you to take action now. Let's get started. Here's After the Run. Hi, it's Tyler, and welcome back to After the Run. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to make exercise more comfortable, especially for those who are busy and unhealthy and fat. Um, What are the things that you can do so that exercise isn't such an unpleasant experience? Um, Now, if you're new to the podcast, just a a teeny bit about me. Um, I have plenty of experience being uncomfortable. A year ago, I was 300 pounds and couldn't run a mile and um, just uh, had a great life, but not great health. And so uh, that led to a lot of the discomfort in my life, you know, not being able to tie my shoes, having a hard time getting in and out of cars, uh, the normal fat guy things. Um, Fast forward to today, um, I just finished a 20 mile run and I'm excited to share with you some of the things uh, that I've been studying and thinking about as far as making exercise more comfortable. Now, um, the first thing is you have to know what kind of exercise you like. There are certain kinds that it doesn't matter what you do, you're just going to be miserable. So I know a lot of people, that's running. Running, um, like in cross country, I saw these shirts once, uh, our sport is your sports punishment. Uh, I, I know a lot of people feel that way. And so if running is the thing that you just hate, um, I'd still say try it at some point and try it periodically. Just like foods you hate, your tastes change over time. And if you hated running 20 years ago, but maybe um, you try it now and do it in a slightly different way, maybe do a social running, or maybe if you tried social running before and hated it, you could try running by yourself and listening to a book on tape. Um, try it in different ways, and you might find that you like it. Um, that's been the case for me. When I was a kid, I hated running. Um, I started running because I had a, a great friend, uh, Corbett, who uh, invited me to start running with him out around the golf course. And I wanted him to be my friend, and so I went running with him. And that led to me eventually joining the cross-country team. And I was never a great runner, uh, but I, I at least tolerated it through high school. It wasn't until about 10 years after that that I started really enjoying running, as I discovered I could listen to music and books and be alone and just be out in nature. And some of those things... Um, were more important to me than the discomfort of distance running. I also found that the longer I ran, the more I enjoyed it, both in distance but also accumulated over time, that as I got better at running, I enjoyed it more. So um, try different things out. Um, I hate the gym. I'm not going to the gym. <laughs> I, I did try going to the gym about six months ago on a cruise, and because that was my only place to exercise, Um, I tolerated it for a week, and it wasn't the end of the world. There were things that I even got to enjoy a little bit. Um, But I don't like being around other people to exercise. And so that doesn't work for me. 
Um, I've tried different sports, and I found that I love playing ultimate frisbee with other people. And with basketball, it totally depends on the group. If they're uber competitive or whatever, I hate it. But if they're just getting around to play and it's people at about my skill level, I love it. So trying different things out, different forms of exercise. That's your first step to being more comfortable when you exercise because your enjoyment level is a big part of it. Now, after you've picked something to do, uh, for the purposes of today, I'm going to talk about running because that's what I did today. Uh, but this will apply to any other form of exercise. Uh, you have to get ready for it by getting the appropriate clothing and gear. Now, that can be really off-putting to some and a barrier for some because things can be really expensive. If I wanted my son to play hockey, uh, we just moved here from Wisconsin and everybody likes to play hockey in Wisconsin and it's a lot of fun. But it can honestly cost thousands of dollars a year to play hockey. Uh, and then if you're on a traveling team and things like that, that's more money and it can be really, really expensive. Um, even running, my sport, can be pretty expensive. If you want all the fanciest gear, the nicest clothing, uh, the gym memberships, enter all the races, etc., etc., that adds up really fast. Uh, and so let me talk about ways of saving a little bit of money because getting some essential gear is important if you want to be comfortable when you work out. So um, for runners, probably the most important piece of equipment or gear you have is your shoes. Um, now, getting a good pair of shoes is critical for runners. However, if you're just starting out and you're just walking or if you're just running really slow and easing into things and you don't know what the best shoes are for you yet, you can get cheaper shoes and as you spend more time with it, you can figure out better what you need and what's going to help you. Um, so just having something is great. Now, once you get into where you're running 10, 20 miles a week, um, you need to find a pair of shoes that's going to keep you safe. Um, one big thing in comfort, especially for runners, is you don't want to get blisters, you don't want to get ingrown toes, toenails, um, and stuff like that. And so you need a good pair of shoes. Now, I have a whole nother podcast on how to pick out the right shoes, so I'm not going to go into great detail. Let me just say it is worth springing a little bit of money to get a good pair of shoes. Now, you don't have to spring $130. I'm wearing a pair of shoes right now that costs $130 brand new, but I shopped around. I got it online. I looked until I found the right price, and I got it for $60. Um, and there have been times I know that these are my favorite pair of shoes, so I get the same model over and over. Uh, and there are times when I've seen it as low as like $40, and I bought like four pairs. So I'd have them when one pair wore out, I could get the next. So there are things you can do. So get good shoes. Um, you're also going to need good clothing. Now, if you're way overweight, um, like I was, and I still am, I'm, I'm technically still obese, although I'm right about on the border of being just overweight. So I went from 300 pounds to now I'm down to 220. And um, so I'm still a pretty big guy and I need clothes. And my clothing size has changed drastically in the last year. I went from a waist 46 to a waist 36 uh, in the last year. So I've had to buy new pants, new everything else. Now, the way that I've gotten, I know that having clothes that are comfortable is important, um, especially when it comes to chafing and things like that. And so it's really important for me to have a good pair of compression shorts or underwear um, that are tight. That's like critical. Um, having a decent pair of socks is important. Having, um, for the winter running, 
good pair of tights and a, a base layer shirt, like a tight. Um, I'm wearing a, a turtleneck right now, and then having a decent outer layer. Those things all add up. Now, here's the good news. With the exception of my compression shorts, which have lasted me for several years now, everything else that I'm wearing right now, I either got on clearance or bought at a thrift store. My total wardrobe, not including my shoes, but my tights, my shorts, my compression shorts, my turtleneck, and my um, outer jacket, as well as my earmuffs, my beanie, and I think that's all my clothing. So that's all I'm wearing right now. Um, the total cost for all those things, less than 30 bucks. So you can absolutely get dressed on a budget. Um, now the most expensive thing that I'm wearing, um, aside from my compression shorts, those were like um, 15 on clearance. Um, but then the next most expensive thing was my outer shell, which I bought last night at Walmart on clearance for $7. <laughs> Everything else I think I got for $2 or less. Um, a few things I got for free. So it can be done on a budget. Now, in addition to clothes, there's other gear um, that you will either want or need. Um, there are certainly a few things that I need if I'm going to go out on a 20-mile run. So the first thing I need is water. So I did get a water belt. Mine, um, I've tried one in the past that had six water bottles on it, um, six eight ounce water bottles. And that worked really great for me for the time, but then a few of the water bottles broke and rather than the, replace the bottles, because it was really expensive. I bought it somewhere online, I think it was like 30 or 40 bucks. And so rather than replace that, I just went to Walmart and found a cheap one. It's got two 10 ounce water bottles. Uh, and a little pouch, and that's really all I need, even for a 20 miler. And I bought that for under $10. So I have that. Uh, so I have two um, things of water with me. Uh, inside my pouch, I have band-aids, uh, ibuprofen, and chapstick. Um, and the combined cost of all those is probably a buck. Uh, and then I wore a headlamp this morning. I also got that at Walmart. Um, sounds like I go to Walmart a lot. I don't, but it, it just so happens I got these things at Walmart because that's where you can get things cheap. So I got the headlamp. Um, it cost like $5 or $6. It wasn't much. Um, it's just a really simple headlamp. Uh, and then my other gear is non-essential. I have some headphones. Um, I'm wearing Adidas, um, what are they called? Sennheiser headphones. I really love these headphones. They've lasted me longer than any other pair of headphones I've ever owned. So I have those. I think they cost like $35. But you can use cheap headphones that are $5 or whatever. And then my phone, of course. Oh, and I'm wearing a, it's not a Fitbit, but it's like a Chinese knockoff version of the Fitbit. I'm wearing one of those. And I think that costs about 20 bucks. So between headphones, headlamp, belt, watch, I'm looking at basically another 50 bucks. So everything I'm using today, um, minus my phone, I got for under $100 total. So that is the gear and clothing. So once you've picked your activity, number one, and then number two, um, gotten your clothing and your gear, then number three is you need to get your fuel uh, or feature face. Now, <laughs> some people, uh, like me, like to exercise on an empty stomach that would be a fasting state uh, and most of my exercise in the mornings I do in a fasting state I don't eat before I go um, that wasn't the case prior to losing weight um, 
I would usually eat a big breakfast and then go exercise, but I found that I actually feel a lot better and have just as much energy for the run um, going on a fasted state. So I almost never eat before a morning run. Now if I'm exercising in the evening, typically I eat an early dinner um, around 5 or 5.30 and then I'll exercise sometime after 7.30. So I at least give an hour or two after eating um, before I go. Now what do I eat? Um, this might surprise you a little bit. I don't calorie count. Um, I don't diet. Um, and I, I eat normal foods for the most part. Now I have changed my lifestyle. So I don't eat a ton of processed foods. I don't eat a ton of added sugar. Um, I don't drink my calories. Um, I don't have a lot of dairy. I don't even have a lot of fruit um, because I found that there are certain triggers for me that if I start eating certain kinds of foods, then I get hungrier and I eat more and more. Apples are a great example of that. If I eat an apple, I want to eat nine apples. And I know I can do it because I've done it before. <laughs> so I've eaten a whole bag of clementines in a, in a single sitting. Um, and so there are things that um, for me are triggers. Added sugar is the biggest one. Yeah, any kind of sweet um, with the sugar in it, um, that's going to make me just hungry for more sugar. Um, having bread and pasta, that's another trigger for me. If I eat one piece of bread, I'm going to want to eat the whole loaf. Uh, or whatever bread thing I'm eating. Um, and so staying away from trigger foods, um, especially if you're going to do a big activity um, for exercise-wise, you don't want to be bloated. Uh, and so you have to be careful with that. Now, that being said, I went out to eat last night. I went with my wife to Chili's, and I got the biggest appetizer that they had and one of the highest calorie entrees that they had. And I felt great during my run today. Um, I was, uh, you know, well-fueled and things like that. But there are a few things that I did that might be a little different from how I did things a year ago. One, um, I drank water. Um, like I mentioned, I don't drink my calories. And I found that being very hydrated, um, especially as a runner, has just made running so much more comfortable for me, so much more enjoyable for me. Uh, it helps my body to function the way it's supposed to. Um, I don't like being dehydrated, so I carry water with me. Even when I'm not exercising, I have water everywhere I go. I drink um, as much as 200 ounces in a day, um, and at a minimum, I drink about 100 ounces a day, so I'm drinking water all the time. Um, so when I went to Chili's last night, I had water. I probably had three glasses of water, maybe four. Um, and sometimes, if I'm feeling a little crazy, I'll ask them to add lemon to it. <laughs> but that's, that's all I drink. Now, a year ago, I would have drank probably, as I mentioned, I'm not a calorie counter, but I think like a lemonade or a soda or something like that, I think for a big one, you're probably looking at 150 calories at least, I don't know, and then probably like 20 or 30 grams of sugar. I know soda's really high in sugar. So times that by most people will refill their drinks three or four times. So now you're looking at just for your drink, 500 calories and 100 grams of sugar. That's insane. That alone could kill your exercise. So um, cutting calories out of your drinks is going to make a big difference in how you feel when you exercise. Um, now I mentioned I got the largest appetizer they have. 
that was their sampler and it came with uh, crispy chicken somethings and um, chicken wings so we got two fried chicken things and then uh, big mouth I don't know what it's called is there like mini cheeseburger slider things so we got those now a year ago I would have ordered the appetizer and eaten it myself last night I ordered this appetizer and split it with my wife um, so it was still a lot of food in fact that could have been my dinner and I probably would have been satisfied and quite honestly that's that might be where I should have stopped I'd probably feel a little bit better today if I had um, so half an appetizer at Chili's would be enough to fill a, a human being um, and it's amazing food um, now I don't know exactly how many calories but it did have the calories on the menu and I seem to remember that that particular appetizer was up around like 12 or 1300 calories so eating half of it I was looking at 650 calories probably which yeah, I think is like a normal dinner right um, so that would have been fine but on top of that we decided to go with their uh, get some chicken fajitas and we got the ones that were the fattiest most calorie dense ones um, I think those also were about 1400-1500 calories again a year ago I would have eaten that by myself uh, so I would have had several drinks an appetizer and an entree and I think that whole meal would have been somewhere between 3,000 and 4,000 calories um, probably between 200 and 300 grams of sugar um, I don't know like other measurements fat and stuff but it would have been super high and all that other stuff too um, so today or last night I had that same meal but cut out the drinks and cut the appetizer and the entree in half and it was still a huge dinner for me um, it was I would guess right around 1500 calories total maybe a little less than that um, it was a lot of food but um, you know not the end of the world and I love food and I, I enjoy eating it and I knew that one I would be doing some things last night to help digest that food and that I would be then going on a big run this morning and that would be my fuel not the best fuel in the world uh, but I like food so that was the decision I made now here's the important thing if you want to be comfortable this is a short-term versus long-term decision right if you're gonna eat junk food you're going to enjoy it in the moment and then you're gonna feel like crap uh, for the next day week or even months uh, and so you have to make those kinds of decisions now for me the decision is I don't eat like that very often um, I don't diet like I'm not on a diet I just generally eat good foods pretty clean foods um, but um, so I'm not going out to Chili's every week in fact we go out to eat maybe once or twice a month so it's kind of a special occasion kind of deal um, where we'll go out on a date where we eat um, and so that's important the other thing that's important is you have to have a plan or, or a way to deal with that now you can't outrun a bad diet that just doesn't happen 80 90 percent of your health is your diet and so you have to be sparing and understand your own body and what works with your body and I've kind of come to what works for my body at least right now now I know that's going to change with time and a year from now I might say oh avoid it chilies at all costs it's not worth it but right now you know it's good for where I'm at and, and I'm taking baby steps um, and so that's okay
Now, knowing that I had eaten a lot, last night I spent an hour on the recumbent bicycle and drank a ton of water uh, so that I could digest some of that food and get rid of it this morning before I went on, on my run, uh, and that was good. Digestion is an amazing thing. Um, and so that was helpful. I also lifted some weights last night. Um, and so that helped make a dent in what I did. Again, I'm not saying that you can exercise uh, and get rid of your healthy eating habits, but it certainly can help. And so um, that's what I did. Now, um, this morning, as I mentioned, I didn't eat anything before my run. And part of that's because I go running early on the weekends. Um, number four in being comfortable as you exercise is finding the times that work for you. It's important that you exercise at the time that maybe is not convenient, but less obtrusive than other times. Uh, for me, that's going to be on the weekends. It's early morning because I can do my workout and get home before my family wakes up. And that's important because I have four kids and an amazing wife, and I want to spend as much time with them as is possible. And so that's important. Um, last week on the podcast, I talked about time management strategies for busy people, uh, and I talked about uh, multitasking, exercising while you watch TV, stuff like that. Uh, so, of course, you can listen to that podcast for more ideas about how to find the ideal time to exercise. But I just know that for me, um, it's going to be early mornings or during the week. It's going to be um, in the mid to late evenings. Um, and that's just what works for me. You need to find the time that works for you. And you might have to play around with different times and try different things out and see what works. Uh, I've tried exercising at all different times during the day. I know that going on a run for my lunch break doesn't work. Um, but as a school teacher, I do go out for recess with the kids and I'll, I can exercise for like five minutes a few times a day. Um, when they go off to PE, sometimes I join them for PE and, and do things like that. And so there are little ways of doing that. Um, certainly getting up and moving around during the day um, can help with your overall comfort level. But for your main exercise activities, you just have to find the right time that works for you. Now, number five, there are some things that you maybe can or can't control depending on where you are right now in your life. And there are different things that you can do to make yourself more comfortable uh, in dealing with those issues. So I'm going to give you a few examples, just things that um, I know about because they apply to me. Um, but there's a bunch of different stuff. So hopefully this will just generate some ideas for you. Now, one thing, as a morbidly obese 300-pound runner, there are certain things about running that are just not comfortable. Um, you would chase, you chase like everywhere. <laughs> and so there are things, you know, I don't want to get done running and come home a bloody mess. I can't move for three days uh, and can't do more exercise. So one way to prevent against, uh, against that is to ease into things. So instead of going on a full-out sprint as a morbidly obese 300-pounder, um, I could go walking for a while or whatever. Now, I love to run, and so um, I decided there were other things I could do to help make myself more comfortable. Um, to prevent against bloody nipples, Band-Aids. You know, it's not that big a deal. They even make these little circular Band-Aids. You can buy them in bulk. I think I bought one that has like 500 Band-Aids uh, for under 10 bucks. Just got the no-name brand. And so that's going to last me a year, you know, or more. Um, and so you can do that, and I, I just slap those on. Um, I only need those if I'm running, like, more than six or seven miles. So I only use them really on my weekend runs. During my normal runs during the week, I don't need them. 
but when I was heavier, I needed them more often. Uh, even at four or five miles, um, I would need those because my clothes were tighter and they would rub differently. And so, um, as I mentioned about earlier, having good clothes makes a difference, uh, but then there's other things that you can do depending on your situation. So band-aids are one good thing. Another thing for me, um, chafing, especially between my legs and a little bit uh, in my armpits. Um, when I was morbidly obese, I was like totally um, develop rashes and be raw in those areas and just have bloody underwear and undershirts and everything. And that was a mess. So uh, there were a few things that didn't cost a lot that made this better. Um, Vaseline was kind of the miracle thing for me. Um, I would just slap some Vaseline between my legs and that seemed to do the trick. Now I know they make like runner's lubricants and stuff like that. Um, I've never really used any of those because Vaseline did the trick for me. Uh, and I could buy like a little uh, jar of it at the dollar store for a buck. And so I've done that and that has lasted me for well over a year. Uh, and so that's another little gear thing that I think can help you out. Now there are other things that you can do to make yourself more comfortable. Again, some things that you can control and some things you can't control. Um, I have a condition called And they hurt. Uh, at the end of the day, my feet are always killing me every day. Um, and when I go running, typically after running five or six miles, my feet start to hurt. It starts like little pinpricks at first, and then it feels by the end like I have nails shooting up through my feet. Now, um, there are things you can do to prevent against that. Um, I think the condition was probably happened when I had a sports injury like 10 years ago, jumping on a trampoline trying to impress my kids. Uh, I did the double backflip and landed weird and my back went crazy and it didn't even occur to me to go see a doctor um, because I just, it was my back, it hurt and I didn't like going to doctors. I was overweight and um, health insurance was always a weird thing. I was a student at the time and so I didn't do anything about it. Now, um, when I went and saw a chiropractor last year and he showed me how my spine was kind of messed up in my lower back. Uh, and saw where all this buildup was and stuff. He asked me, uh, have you had any significant injury that affected your back or whatever? And that's the only thing I could come up with. Now, that doesn't mean that's what caused it. That's just one person's ed educated guess. I've actually been to eight doctors in the last year. Um, at first, because I just thought I had something wrong with my feet. Maybe um, that I had, you know, messed it up playing basketball and, or different things that I'd sprained it or whatever. Uh, my feet were all purple all the time and swollen. And so I went and met with a couple foot doctors. I met with a couple chiropractors. I met with my family doctor. I went with someone else's family doctor. Um, and maybe this is just a reflection of the medical profession. I don't know. I don't want to throw doctors under the bus. I know some really good doctors. Um, but nobody really gave me any answers. <laughs> I learned a lot more by Googling things than I did by talking to all these doctors and going back over and over. In fact, I got so sick of going to foot doctors that would have me come back and I'd pay the $35 copay or whatever. And they'd have me come back to ask me one question that they could ask me over the phone. Um, how's it feel now? Or whatever. And they're like, okay, here's some more drugs. Come back. We'll check you again in six weeks. And that happened dozens of times and it made me mad. Um, but I still want to figure out what's wrong with me. Um, I'm meeting with a neurologist in two weeks. 
Um, I haven't been to a neurologist yet. I'm kind of excited about this one um, because the more research I've done, the more it seems to indicate I should talk to a neurologist. Um, I tried to set this appointment up four months ago, and so it's finally coming again. State of the medical profession that someone that has pain every day has to wait four months to be a specialist, and this is the eighth person I've gone to see. That's ridiculous. Anyhow, rant over. <laughs> um, but what can I do to prevent against my neuropathy? Well, I've figured out a few things over time. One is, the good news is, I can still exercise. Every doctor and chiropractor I've met has said the same thing. If this is neuropathy, which they, at this point, that's what the best educated guess is. Um, if you have that, you can still exercise on it. It's not going to make it worse. Uh, and so, you know, there's um, pain medication, something to help Now I just use ibuprofen. Sometimes I'll take it at night. Often I'll take it during runs. And that helps. So that's one thing I can do is before I start my run in the morning, I can take ibuprofen. I know it's going to last me through about five or six miles. Um, and so I also brought a couple more. So halfway through my run, I can pop two more and help. Now, I don't want to be addicted to meds or rely on those. And so I don't do that every time. But certainly on my 20 milers and stuff. Um, I do things to help with the swelling and the pain. So I did that. Um, now, I still know that I'm going to have pain, so I'm not used to just running in pain. Um, and so it's not the end of the world. I don't love it, of course, but I'd rather be healthy. Um, however, today I had an amazing discovery. So um, when I started running today, it was um, somewhere between 0 and 10 degrees. So it was pretty cold. And I don't know if that's the reason, but for whatever reason, um, my neuropathy, I didn't even really notice it until about mile 10, and it didn't get bad until like mile 10. So it was just a mile and a mile, a few miles, and then um, bad for the last few. And it never was as bad as it usually is on a 20 mile run. Um, not that I go on 20 milers all the time, but I have been on four or five miles, four or five months. So, um, so just figuring out you can probably hear right now it's super windy. Um, but going when conditions are good, um, that makes a difference in your comfort zone. Alright, so speaking of it doesn't look like this wind's gonna stop, I'm gonna try to wrap this up. Um, just a couple more tips really fast. Um, so looking for good weather conditions, understanding what's best for you. Time of the day also uh, important. I know I'm going to be more comfortable running in the morning. Not because, you know, there are actually things that I don't like about being in the morning, like that it's cold and things like that, and that it's dark. But I hate being around people when I run. And so I know that if I leave at 4 a.m. on a Saturday, I'm not going to pass any cars till three hours into my run. <laughs> Uh, and so that's worth it for me. That means I need a headlamp uh, and I have to bundle up. But um, that is something that I'm willing to do to be more comfortable. And so picking the right time of the day, uh, whether it might be the opposite of me, you might be very social. Um, but I look for back rows, stuff like that. So finding the right time of the day, that can be important. Um, finally, and I save this for last because it might be the most important thing. 
mindset thing. If you haven't tried it before, you might be fearful of trying a new exercise or, or pushing yourself to the next level. But the good news is, once you've done it, the next time's way easier. And often it's enjoyable. Um, if you've heard of something like a runner's high, usually if you after you've been running for a while and you get into the zone and it's just really an enjoyable experience um, where you have the right kinds of adrenaline pumping through you and it's just really fun and, and awesome. Well, that comes because you've gotten over that mindset hurdle that I can't do this thing. So starting out small and easy to understand things can be really important. But then also, setting goals for yourself and challenges so that you can get to the next level. I knew that today I was going to probably run about 20 miles, depending on the weather. And I did run 20 miles. And I actually did it um, more quickly and more comfortably than I was anticipating. Part of that's all the preparation that went into it. Wearing the right clothing, having the right gear, going at the right time of day, um, being prepared for things that went wrong, didn't have to deal with dogs early in the morning, stuff like that. So there's a lot of things that I could do to prepare for that. But I knew I could run 20 miles today. I knew I could run 20 miles today because I ran 20 miles a couple weeks ago, and 26 miles a couple weeks before that, and 22 miles a couple weeks before that. Your confidence or your efficacy, your confidence in your ability to accomplish that thing, it goes way up. And I think to that point, it starts small. A year ago, I went for a mile without stopping to walk, uh, but I started with that. I started walking. And then I started adding more and more running to it and doing run walking for a while. And I built up to it and I continued to set little goals. I never had any grand goals during that time. I just wanted to get healthier. Um, but I was always looking for the next thing. And now I do have some concrete goals. I'm going to run a marathon in about a month. And I'm excited to do that. And I have some other goals coming up for this year. So anyhow, I hope those are some good ideas. You'll be more comfortable as you exercise. Um, your challenge for this week... Your challenge for this week is simply to pick one of the little things that I covered and try to implement it for a few weeks. Or in some cases, it might be a one-time thing. So, for example, you might choose to go to the thrift store this week and look for a piece of exercising clothes that fits you. <laughs> or you might choose to get a cheap Fitbit. I guess they're not called Fitbits. A cheap fitness tracker online for 20 bucks. Um, try something. Um, if you're not exercising, start with something small and, and have that be your challenge for this week. To get up and, and to do something uh, active, find something that you like. Um, if you do, it's going to make a big difference in your life and it's going to help you change your lifestyle so that you don't have to diet and so you don't have to do things that don't work in the long term. Alright, good luck with it. Uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to After the Run. These episodes are raw and unedited. If you'd like to provide feedback on the show, ask questions, or suggest topics you'd like to hear more about in the future, please visit our website, www.aftertherun.com.